Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome in. First of September, 2023. 64 degrees in a Friday morning at 6.07. We are glad to have you with us. We are glad you made it here today. Uh, you could be you could be sleeping last night off. Some of us would probably like to be sleeping last night off, but not an option. Not an option. There is work to be done. There is a an economy, a local economy to keep churning <laughs> and responsibilities. That need to be attended to, but we are uh, we are going to try and do the same for you today. Uh, about five hours ago, I didn't quite know if I was going to have the going to have the fortitude to do that, but summoned it up, uh, woke up, and I am ready to do it this morning. It's a Friday morning in the capital city. Uh, we got a kind of a, it's a little bit of a different show for you because most Fridays have either been request line Friday or they've been, uh, or they will be the Friday Husker tailgate because of the Thursday game. Uh, we've got kind of a, a wedge Friday, if you will, in this whole thing. And so we're going to keep you updated with what's going on in the news. We'll have our morning drive. We'll count down the five things that we're talking about today. We'll have Jeff Mall joining us. Um, yeah, as, as the show goes on, so we've got news. We're going to make sure you are kept abreast of whatever is happening in and around the capital city. Uh, we also are going to, uh, allow you to give your reaction to what happened last night in the Twin Cities, uh, in Minneapolis. You can text in. That's the best way to get a hold of us. Text in to 402-479-1400. You may have gone to bed last night before you had a chance to really sink your teeth in to your thoughts, or maybe you wanted to delay your thoughts here for just a little bit before you slept, let yourself sleep on it for a little while. It's probably a good thing. I, I definitely, uh, definitely could have done that as well. Uh, but, uh, and, and I did for the most part, except for in my Twitter feed. So that's probably the more healthy thing to do. So if you've got thoughts, questions, things you want to discuss, things you want us to address, uh, about the game last night and just kind of waking up and thinking about it. Uh, text those into us at 402-479-1400. What went wrong? Do you feel, is there is there encouragement? Is this what was expected after a game one? If you said Nebraska was going to loss, are you saying now, well, that's kind of what I expected with this whole thing? Or are you concerned in a way that you weren't? before this season began. I also have the audio from Matt Rule last night. Uh, he spoke to reporters. It was pretty late, but he spoke to reporters last night. I've got the audio for that. I'm going to share with everybody in the sound off if you missed that last night. I'll be honest, I missed it last night. Um, and so we'll play that for you during the I, sound off as I've, well. I've heard it all twice now. Well, you'll hear it a third time. Man. <laughs> I've, I've heard it zero times, so that makes an average of one each for us so far. <laughs> Uh, but let's just uh, jump into. Let's just jump into. And by the way, I guess I should say for those of you who are who are just waking up, Nebraska does fall last night, uh, thirteen to ten, in the season opener to Minnesota. Uh, lose on a um, uh, gut wrenching series of turnovers at the end of the game that led to a last second field goal. That was just. Uh, it was. It was terrible. It was it was um it was terrible. 
for Husker fans. Yeah, it we'll get into all that. Pretty terrible, uh, and it was pretty unbelievable that it happened again. But nonetheless, let's uh, let's bring in Mark Vale from the KLI in newsroom, and uh, maybe maybe he's got some news that can take our mind off of what happened on the football field last night. Good morning, Mark. What's morning. going on this morning? Well, we got the official attendance uh, figures for the air show, Guardians Freedom Air Show, broke an all time record. 340,000 over the two days. Look at Lincoln, Nebraska, breaking attendance records over the course of a single week. How about that? Yeah. A lot of people. Uh, yeah. So the combined total that, what did you say the number was? 340,000. So add in the volleyball crowd to that, and you got 430,000. <laughs> yeah. Got, you've got more than the, well, the air show alone is more than the uh, population of the city of Lincoln. Uh, oh, for yeah. that whole yeah. thing. It's that's crazy that thing turns out the numbers that it does. That really is um oh. uh, it, that you get there's not much you there's not much in terms of an event mark. There isn't anything in terms of an event you're going to turn out that kind of a crowd for. No, part uh, of it just, though the the air shows weren't running during the pandemic years and and there's a lot of people that really enjoy them and this is a chance for them to you know, see it in a pretty good venue. Yeah. Um, Mother Nature, uh, the grand architect of the universe, however you want to refer to it, uh, <laughs> uh, treated... Uh, the grand architect of the universe. I like That's that. That's a new one, but very dramatic uh, for me. Well, there's, uh, there's a backstory to that. Oh, is there? Okay. But, uh, you know, the, the weather proved to be very uh, helpful to the whole gotcha. commercial process. Gotcha. Um, all right. Well, that's good. And speaking of the uh, the weather now, Mark, we're uh, turning the corner once again from what has been pretty decent weather over the course of the last few days. And the heat begins a little bit today. But uh, Mark looks like it looks like now we're looking at Saturday, Sunday, Labor Day, where we're kind of in that triple digit zone. And maybe that's out of here by Tuesday is what it looks like. Well, now. yeah, but the heat indexes are still going to be high. Yeah, they'll so. still be high. Right now, the the forecast temperature highs, uh, today 93, Saturday 98, Sunday 98, Labor Day 97 on Monday, 93 on Tuesday, and then Wednesday 85, Thursday 88. So uh, getting back down to some normal range. So maybe this, I, it looks like maybe this has been tamped down just a touch from what we saw at the beginning in terms of how long and how hot it's going to be with this whole thing. So that might be good. Breezy, though, uh, right through most of the weekend. Well, good. I mean, I think that's good. Yep. That's, a, that's all right. That's good. 20, 20 to 30 mile per hour gusts right through, um, uh, including uh, Monday. All right. Very good. Uh, anything else, Mark, that we uh, should well, should make sure and hit before we get depressed? Red, Redway quit flying as of yesterday, uh, officially. Oh, oh that, yeah, that's right. I hope the people who left got back. Well, they may have had to find their own they way. They probably did, yeah. The other thing uh, that uh, happens tomorrow, a bunch of laws go into effect because of the 90 days after the legislature adjourns. So that includes constitutional carry. That's right. So that is, uh, yeah, that's right. That is uh, going to be going here pretty soon. And tomorrow. Tomorrow. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> oh, thank you. That was that not me. That was dramatic. That was dramatic. <laughs> I don't know where that's that good. came from. But that's all right. That's all right. All right. Uh, I do know where that came from, and it shouldn't have. <laughs> okay well good anything else i need to, i should uh get no, those, up there mark before we get the, going those are the big ones all right well good uh sounded looked like at least a uh 
like a nice evening there in uh, your old some in near your old stomping ground last night in the Twin Cities. Yeah, at least. And then get a little warm happened. for this time of the year, actually. Yeah, uh, but you know, it's they had what pretty strong south winds. I guess was the the biggest thing that kept temperatures up a little above normal. Yeah, but, uh, clear skies and and one thing it did do is it put the smoke back in canada the southerly winds yeah take it back fine jeez <laughs> it's a, it's incredible how long that's lasted mark uh, bet we when, couldn't get the uh, kansas flint hills to fire up a little bit now and just send them some of their <laughs> little retribution yeah <laughs> except except we are in the path yeah, i was gonna say we got a we're a we're a waypoint along that path from kansas to canada aren't we <laughs> well if, the, if you could get it up there around fifteen thousand feet and then there we go 300 mm-hmm. mile per hour like uh wind. like some kind of a air air uh i don't know what that would be called an air hump or something don't ever say the word air hump um all right well, thank you, thank you, Mark. I think I've put off all all I can, and now we've got to talk about what happened last night uh, in the Twin Cities. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, you know it's 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 crazy because guys, it had it somehow packed for for as excited as we were about things being new last night. Somehow packed every trope of the gut-wrenching Husker loss of the last X number of years right within that game. Yeah. And by that, I mean, I mean, you can go down the list. What When you think of the most gut-wrenching, frustrating losses Nebraska has experienced over the last pick-your-dime period, five years, seven years, ten years, whatever it is, what are the things that you would throw in there? Back, a back-breaking penalty or penalties? Check. Took a touchdown off the board for starters. Well, in, in that, uh, so not a not a penalty on taking a, a touchdown off the board, although it didn't help. I'm saying, yeah, it backed him up, but that that's not what ultimately took the touchdown off the board for Nebraska when they well they what, what, had had there not been a false start, Sims went in and scored a touchdown on a quarterback sneak. Right. What I'm saying was the review, a review going well, that was a play be- on the play right before. That, that. was I yeah. was getting to that. Yeah. Okay. A backbreaking penalties though mm-hmm. did I mean, yeah. Ethan Piper doesn't jump on that play. That's a touchdown. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. so we had backbreaking penalty there at that point. Um yes, at multiple reviews that were very very close that didn't go Nebraska's way. Um compl- turnovers Multiple turnovers, Nebraska losing the turnover battle. But when they did turn it over, it was in the worst time imaginable. And that happened three times in the worst time imaginable, mm-hmm. right? Once when you're about to at least get three points before the first half is over and you throw a pick. Once when you're trying to seal the game away and you fumble the ball. You do the one thing that you can't do in that point and you fumble the ball. And then once again... Before the game is over, still another chance to go down there and win this thing, and you throw the pick that sets Minnesota up to win the game on their own. So you can add that in there as well. Um, what other? What you know? Ejection of a player right at a at a time where that didn't where that was a, a terrible thing. Uh, oh. uh, de- the defense played well for most of the game, uh, plays but, well, but at the oh, yeah. one time needed needed a stop or a takeaway. Yeah. Yep. Uh, a ball bounces off of a defensive back's hands in the end zone. Right. One play before a touchdown. Right. You're unable to get a, a stop 
at the very last drive when you need it. Um, offensive line play that was that was rough. Mm-hmm. Put that one on the list once again. Right, inability for the most part. It kind of changed at the end, but for the most part, inability to get pressure on the quarterback of the opposing team. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I can keep I can, I can keep going. They were they played all the all the hits last night, and it it's not all fixed. <laughs> and I don't think many people thought it was right. I don't think. I mean, look. I think more pe- more Husker fans than not were picking Nebraska would probably lose this game, which is which is easy to do, which is easy to do the day before the game or the week before the game and say, hey, I'm going to be realistic about this season. I get it. Matt Rule's got to build this thing up. You're going to have some losses. You're probably you know you're probably overmatched or not quite going to be where you need to be for this first game. Maybe you're going to end up six and six. Maybe you're going to end up five and seven. Maybe you're going to end up seven and five. But it's easy to see, say, last week or coming into this week, but I'm going to be patient with that. I understand that's going to happen. But then to see it happen Mm -hmm. in real time and still stay patient about it and still, I mean, it's it's a lot harder when it actually happens than it is to talk about how this is what you expected, this is what is, is going to be happened, this is what you're going to be cool with because it's going to take some time to build things up. Because And the reason is... Because it didn't seem like it would have taken a whole lot more to win that thing. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a need of building up a program. It was eliminating little mistakes. Yeah, it's because that's that's one of the things that even I think you would pick Nebraska on the tailgate yesterday, right? Yeah. A lot of us, three out of the five, picked Minnesota, and right. a lot of fans said, "Yeah, probably Minnesota." I, I'm usually pretty but, home friendly with my picks. Right. Right. <laughs> But and, and yeah, and actually, the way you had talked about the game made it seem like you weren't going to pick Nebraska. I, could, I, I, but, need, I needed to get everybody's spirits up. But that's the the weeks going into it and, and ahead of the game. But once you're into the game and watching how it's going, yeah, I picked Minnesota. But I was watching that game going. There's every reason that Nebraska should win this game happening in front of us, and a missed opportunity, and now a mistake. And another mistake, and another missed opportunity. All, all it would have taken when uh, when Anthony Grant had the football, two arms over it. Yep. Keep falling forward. They pick yep. up two first downs. The game's over. Yep. Like yep. That, that. That's where you were. You had an opportunity after a quick three and out. Minnesota only had had the ball for less than thirty seconds, and then Nebraska dials up two pass plays. Right. Both incomplete passes. You run it. And you punt it back away, and you had the ball for less than a minute. And then you watch how the end of the game happens. Every single second became necessary for Minnesota to get that field goal to to win the game as time expired. And the Minnesota offense could do almost nothing the entire game. Yet once that, and we talked about it on Thursday, Caleb, once that oblique moment happened, and make no mistake... When Anthony Grant fumbled that ball, there was your oblique moment mm-hmm. where you're still ahead, where it happens, you're still ahead, but it feels like everything just completely changed in that game. And the hope was this team was going to be mentally conditioned to be ready for that oblique moment. And, and, and the defense, you know, kudos to them on playing a, a good game, right? And there's plenty of blame to go around the turnovers, the penalties, plenty from the offense. But the defense had that chance then 
to overcome the proverbial oblique moment. And what's Minnesota do? Go down the field, get, um, I mean, and of course, just a Sports Center top 10 highlight catch by inches, by, 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 inches, a, by a quarterback that didn't, wasn't able to really particularly throw the ball that well the entire night. On a and fourth a down and 10. On a ridiculous play. And on the literally the play before, the ball bounces off of Isaac Gifford's hands. And there's another one of the tropes that I forgot. A missed pick. Yeah. Misinterception. And, it's, and, and that's the part where, and that was what I had in my game recap, that you had the defense play really well over the course of the game. If you you hold any opponent to 13 points, you feel like you should win that game. Overall, 13 points, especially when five minutes left in the game, you'd held them to three. Yeah, and like, it looked like Nebraska had the more explosive offense. Now, mis- certainly mistake prone, but with what Sims was doing with his feet, mm-hmm. the way Nebraska was running the ball more effectively than Minnesota, and it's... It just looked like Nebraska had a slightly more explosive offense in Minnesota. Yeah. After just to, to, to what you're saying. But yeah, you, you get to all of that and you go, okay, defense, you got to get one. This is at the end of the game. There's only so much time left. You got to get one. And you had the opportunity with the pick. And then after the Jeff Sims interception, when it was, okay, is Tristan Alvano going to get a chance to kick a game winning field goal? Throw Jeff Sims throws his. Third interception, the fourth overall turnover for Nebraska in the game. And it was, okay, well, you guys can't give up 20 yards. Mm-hmm. They gave up 20 yards. And it was, there were two opportunities that sat in front of the defense in winning time, and both of those got away from them. Yep. But yeah, defense had played good the entire yeah, game, but it, it got to that moment after the oblique yep. moment, and it, everything changed. Yeah. And everything changed, and it's just, it's. <sighs> And and we can and we will go through all the things, but it's hard not to. It's hard not to think just how abnormally cruel the result of game after game after game after game has been to everybody that's tied with this program right now, and all the fans who thought who thought last night. I thought about I thought about it. Right, I'm guilty. I started to think, how fun is tomorrow's show going to be? Oh, I started, gonna, I started to gonna, feel that. I'm going to celebrate all night, and we're going to have a party on the show tomorrow. I started just getting mentally ready for that, and I've done it before, and I did it again, and it just added to the heartbreak again. It's been, again, the two words I can think of describing what this fan base has gone through, abnormally cruel. Well, they had... With the way these losses... You, have, had, you had gotten to the point where... Do you remember the play immediately before the Anthony Grant fumble? No, I don't know. It was a third down and short. I had even tweeted. I was like, I don't care. Run the ball. Right. Just burn clock, punt it away right. if you don't get it. And they pulled up and they threw it to Ramir Johnson. Oh, yeah. And he caught it like, in the middle of guys. Route, like and a little I, corner out. And I was like, little, yeah. that was the best pass of the day for Jeff Sims because it was it was right there, a little bit into coverage, but he put it into a good spot. And first down, I was like, sweet, here you go. At least three downs to burn clock. And the ball right. pops out. Yep. Uh, all right, what do you think? 402-479-1400 on the text line. We'll uh, take your texts, your thoughts here throughout the course of the show. We'll have a little bit of Matt Rule coming up here during the sound off as well if you missed it last night. 626 on Lincoln's News and Talk 1499 3 KLIN. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. 
Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln. And conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. All right, 635 LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Hey, uh, since we're not doing a Fantasy Huskers keyword not. here. Hey, who won? Yeah. Like you said, take the margins, take baby. the extremes every... <laughs> I don't know how to say it any more clearly. You just need to pick the right one. Is it the low extreme or is it... The high extreme. How, what was the lowest that we got? Well, here's the thing. When we got to thir- yesterday's picks, everyone started going, it was 35, 38, 24, 34. Everyone went the high end. But Nancy was sitting at 16. Oh. Nobody wanted to go under 16. Nancy's our winner. $100 prize pack, Valentino's at Alumni Hall for week right. one. Congratulations, Nancy. We're going to get you hooked up with that. We will play again starting next week. So listen for the keyword for Fantasy Huskers twice a morning, 635, so right now, right before the sound off, and then 810 after we come back from news at the beginning of the 8 o'clock hour. We will tell you what the word is. You text it in, and one of you who texts it in, will be randomly selected to make a pick in Fantasy Huskers something about that week's game and uh, gives you a chance to win that gift certificate combo from Alumni Hall and Valentino. So a little gear, a little pizza to get you ready for the season. Also gives you a little something extra to maybe uh, maybe watch during the game. <laughs> maybe sort of mitigate the upcoming heartbreak that you've got going to happen here with this whole thing. I'm, I'm sorry, I know. And, and listen... I I went through already, and we went through the things that went wrong. And so it's not that I believe that this the individual situation in this game was some result of just an amalgamation of bad luck. It's not a not. Listen, Grant doesn't fumble that ball; they don't lose the game. You know, um, the 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 late interception by Sims doesn't happen. I'm not exactly sure if they win the game, but. It's probably at very least going to overtime, worst case scenario. Um, and you can pick, you know, Gifford catches that interception in the end zone. I mean, once again, there are 20 different single things that could have happened. It's unbelievable. They're tw- All within like three minutes of each 20 other. 20 different single things that happened <laughs> that could have won that game for Nebraska, and none of them quite went the right way, and none of them happened. Um, and it's. It's hard not I, – I mean, I commend you if you're a fan and you don't think that way. But last night, after it was over, I wasn't able to, even able to gin up the frustration with the fumble or the interception or the lack of execution or, you know, pick pick your reason. There were gobs of them. I was, <laughs> Caleb, the predominant 
emotion that I had was self-pity mm-hmm. at that point. And not just for me, but for all of us, because the level of unbelievable, um, just unbelievable cruelty by which this fan base has had to endure losses and not have some joy mixed in with victories. I mean, you can go back. We can do this exercise. What was the biggest, most joyful win that's happened since 2000, since Mike Riley got hired in 2015? You can go back further, I guess, if you want to as well. You can kind of think of maybe two of them. The Oregon game in Lincoln. That's probably number one. Okay? That's probably number one. What, 2016? Big Tommy Armstrong run for a touchdown to beat Oregon. Um, you got that weird game where Nebraska upset Michigan State in Mike Riley's first year. Yeah. When nobody thought they were going to in 2015. So that was kind of a, a joyful moment. All the season has already gone to, had already gone to crap at that point. You got Scott Frost win his first year against Michigan State. Nine to six in the snow. Once again, season was basically over already at that point. Other than that Oregon game, uh, the win over Iowa last year, the win over Iowa last but year, again, but against the season, season was already gone. <laughs> there is not other than that Oregon game. This fan base has not got to experience a significant big, and I'm not even talking about an upset of a team favored by two, three touchdowns. I'm talking about a win of significance where there was doubt, where there was doubt that mattered in the context of the season. This fan base has experienced that, and I maybe need to go further back than that, but this fan base has experienced that at, at best, at best, once since 2016. <laughs> One time in seven years of football. You can take your worst programs in the country. Take your Kansases, right? Or or whatever, you know, pick your pick, pick whoever it is now. I don't even know Kansas is decent now, so that's probably not a good example. But pick whomever it is, Stanford or Cal, I guess. I'm not sure. I promise in those seven years, they've got significant victories that mattered mm-hmm. in big games. Multiple, and yeah. like you, y- you know, there's the there's the saying about golf. There's a saying about golf, which people always try and use to convince me to golf when I don't want to. <laughs> but there's the saying about golf that, and I don't know exactly how the saying goes verbatim exactly, but it's more of a sentiment, which is that hey, you always have that. You go out, you have a terrible round. But you have that one shot, that one hole, that one birdie, that one putt that brings you back the next time because of that feeling. Well, Nebraska fans haven't even had that one one shot, that one hole, that one birdie. Well, it, he, here's what I here's what I would say: when you're doing a, a round, you're doing 18 holes. How many shots? I know it's that one that brings you back, but that's where you're where you're at with Nebraska. You're you're doing what? 80 shots if you're if like if you're doing okay probably doing 90 to 100 shots but it's that one that's where Nebraska's at 
It's right. that one. And I don't even know if they're getting that one is the thing. <laughs> right. That, that, what, the, what's that one? It's just, man, the, the reward at this point, and, and who knows? Maybe this is all history next week, and Nebraska beats Colorado, and that feels completely different. But, boy. I want to see, yeah, be, I, I know where you're at. I want to see where where does this team go in a week two after dealing with this under a new coaching staff. Yep. That'll be a test. That will be a test. Um because I know what my my state of mind is right now after that and they can't be doing this. They can't be feeling what I'm feeling, which is a lot of frustration about what happened and a lot of woe is me right at this point. Mm-hmm. Because I'll, be, I'll admit, I'm there. There's going to be no room for that in uh, in Matt Rule's program. Let's take a listen to what he had to say. This is this is I've, a, I've a got few minutes long. Here. Do you? Okay, yeah. let's let's take a listen to what he had to say. I actually haven't heard this yet. Um, I didn't have didn't have the heart <laughs> or the desire to listen to it <laughs> last night. So I guess it shows that I'm taking steps forward that I can at least listen to it right now. Here's what he said after the game. Okay, I'll try again. <laughs> Obviously, that was disappointing. Um, a lot of credit to them. Made two huge plays down the stretch. Um, and I just told our team, and I want to make sure I say this, like there is no, uh, there's no such thing as close losses. Um, I, I already know a lot of people say, oh, just another close loss. Uh, as I said to our guys, like we, we can be a really, really good football team. To think that we were minus, minus to turn the ball over four times, to think that we turned the ball going over in the half in the end zone, to think that we turned it over twice, twice in the last two minutes of the game, and they still had to kick a walk-off field goal, um, you know, really shows what, what I think we can be. But the defense was dominant for long stretches. Um, Stopped the run early, turned it into a drop back game. Um, we knew that their quarterback was really good for them, made some plays, including the final play. But, um, you know, for us, uh, this is the first game. And um, uh, we saw the things that we need to improve upon. We had a chance in two minutes. We have the ball at the 50. We need to go down and win that game, right? Uh, they played man. We got to, you know, scramble with the ball, throw the ball away. Instead, I had a pick. So uh, we, no one's going to no one's gonna feel sorry for themselves. We're not feeling sorry for ourselves. Um, it was uh, it was a learning experience that we have to overcome. So, um, uh, with that being said, I'm sure you guys have lots of questions. I'll, I'll go ahead and take those. Have you? How would you evaluate Jeff's performance tonight? Yeah, I'm not prepared to. Do, you know, obviously as a quarterback, you can't have those turnovers, right? Um, you know, um, you know, even, even right before the half, you know, kind of an odd sequence, right? You know, either it's a touchdown or it's a false start. You know, kind of weird how that happened, right? Um, you know, but uh, I thought he had some really good moments. You know, he he had some um, he had some key throws. You know, especially in that two minute drive, moving us down the field. Uh, you know, obviously he was our, he ran for over 100 yards. He was he was a dynamic threat in the zone read game. But you know you have to protect the football, right? And so back back foot throws and all those things. That's not what we need. We don't need that. Uh, I was prepared to go to overtime. I thought Sad did a really nice job. Called some runs, got a couple first downs, turned it into the last drive. So we're going to go down there, take a shot at a long field goal, or go out. But um, this is a first step for Jeff, and we'll uh, we'll coach him, and he'll come back. Um, you know, I thought the the fumble. The fumble, you know, the two minutes left. Like we're gonna, we're gonna go try to run the clock out. You know, we're we're run the ball for six yards. Um, unfortunate that uh, that happened. So you evaluate the end of the first half when you're down on the inside the five. Would you do that differently? I don't think so. The eleven second. You know, I wouldn't kick a. It was eight seconds. They moved it back to eleven seconds. Um, 
you know, obviously un unfortunate that we, you know, unfortunate that we had the penalty, right? The ball's in the one foot line uh, with two timeouts. I mean, you can't you can't ask for it any better than that, right? Uh, the one of the tails for today was the penalties, you know, and a credit to them. Great student section. It was loud. We had a couple false starts down there. Um, all things in game one you want to try to avoid uh, that we didn't avoid. And so that, you know, eventually that we all have to improve that. But um, with 11 seconds, you know, we're going to we're going to take a shot. Um, um, you know, it's not open. We were hoping, you know, hoping the quarterback throws the ball through the back line. We kick the field goal, take the points. I was really proud, though, of the team, right? You know, we came in, we said, it's 3 nothing at halftime. Is that going to affect us? And we went right back down there and we scored, right? We returned the kickoff with a great play by Ramir. Uh, we, ran, we ran the play, um, the double reverse pass. We scored a touchdown, and, hey, we're off and playing football again. So um, I thought we showed resilience in that moment. I know Anthony was running tough on that play before the fumble. Had he been doing better with the fumbles as camp was finishing up? I know you said the one late in camp that yeah, he had the, he had the, he had the in the scrimmage. You know, he fumbled the football, um, and um, you know, um, uh, he fumbled it a couple times. And so, um, you know, we we know that Anthony can make a ton of plays. He has to protect the football, and especially in those moments, right? We're in five points. It's in two minute, four minute. Everyone on the team knows how we want to run the football. Unfortunately, it just didn't work out. And, you know, Anthony uh, tried to fight for more yards. Credit to their guys. So saw the replay up there. Came in and punched the ball out. That's championship football, and that's you know they made the play at the end that we needed to make. We couldn't make a play at the and they did so um in terms of anthony you know, i'm never going to throw a guy under the bus you know he, he feels terrible in there but there were a lot of plays we could have fixed better the reason why he's in why is he in at that moment if you if you had seen that concern throughout camp yeah you know um uh coach uh, coach ej put him in thought he was going to break that run uh he runs that run really well thought he made a good run um you know uh um it's just it's what happened, right? You know, I mean, I, I, again, I want, I want to be careful not to say anything that makes me feel like I'm taking a shot at, at uh, Anthony. He's worked hard at his ball security. He ran the ball a lot last year. Um, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but um, uh, that was the call that was made. Coach, Coach put him out there. I thought he made a good run, made a guy miss. He had some good runs. Unfortunately, didn't hold the football. I think for us, you know, we got we, we trust the players to go make the plays, and um, um, unfortunately, we didn't make that one. I know that Jeff Sims is is asked to do hard things, and he's a great athlete. Did you ask too much of him tonight? with all the running that he had to do and then some of the things that you were asking him to do with I don't think so. Uh, he, he's, um, I mean, he is a dual threat player. He's going to run. I mean, I don't, you know, he wasn't running quarterback power and getting three and four yards. I mean, he was coming out with some big runs and had, had a chance for some more big ones. So when you have a guy like that, you have to let him spin, you know. Um, um, you know, I think I think one of the big things was just some of the penalties. We only had three drives in the first half, and some of the penalties. You know, one was a long drive. You know, we took the ball in the second half. We took it the last drive. We took it from the ten and went down. And, you know, kicked that field goal. So, um, you know, I thought we put some put some, put put some things on it. But he's one of our more dynamic playmakers, right? And um, you know, he he like all quarterbacks just can't throw the ball off his back leg. You know, especially in that situation there at the end. Um, he knows that situation. We'll go back and look at it. What could we have called differently for him? But make no mistake, I have a ton of uh, confidence in Jeff. What kind of a spark did Marcus Washington give you in the second half? Yeah, it was good to get Marcus out there. You know, he loves to play the game. IGC went down. Looked like maybe it was a serious injury. I don't know. We're going to wait to see. Um, so it was good to see him get out there and uh, fly around. You know, he's healthy. You know, he sat the first half, came in the second half. And, um, you know, moving forward, I think he'll be a, a key contributor for us. Yeah, he, he was suspended in the first half from, you know, uh, from the summer just for, you know, nothing disciplinary, just academic concerns. You mentioned the end of the first half with the penalty. 
Harvey and, and the review. Did you get a, Did you get an explanation before you left the field for the locker room of why they marked off the penalty in case you could play? Yeah, I got in the set the in the second half, and basically it was um, it was that um, we ran up, we got on the ball, uh, we false started, they stopped it, so it wasn't a play. So then they had time to then review it, so they looked back. So it was, it was difficult. I mean, they didn't have the O two O in the second half. They couldn't talk to each other. So at the end of the day, we just can't false start. You know what I mean? We have to get that ball across the goal line. Um, so, but I thought that drive shows was a was a precursor for some things to come. You know, in terms of what I think we do well, and I thought that's how we were going to finish the drive at the end of the game. I thought we were going to push the ball down there and make some things happen. Did you anticipate Jeff running it 19 times tonight? Well, some of those are sacks, right? College football and all that, you know. But um, we knew that we knew that we had some plays that was like a a counter sweep one way and a quarterback run the other, and so they just kept you know giving him the ball, so he kept pulling it. So. Um, you know, we, we knew he'd be explosive in that regard. How many of the sacks and scrambles, I don't know. But in terms of called runs, you know, we we had one play, we, you know, the zone read with the pull, we called a couple times. Um, they did scramble some and drop back. You held up to 55 rushing yards. I mean, how would you evaluate the defensive performance and coupled with that, the, the Ty Robinson uh, targeting, how, how big a loss did, did that prove? Yeah, you know, Ty's one of our best players, and so obviously we'd like to have him out there down the stretch. You know, we played a lot of guys um, uh, to, to be fresh for the fourth quarter, and we were expecting the fifth quarter, we were expecting overtime, you know. So um, I thought the defense, you know, played really well at times, but, you know, this is a team game. That's the biggest thing, right? Like, we're not going to go down the path of that uh, we had a chance on defense to stop it on fourth down and end the game. Um, we weren't able to do it. Um, I, I like their demeanor. I like the way that they. Uh, I like the way that they kept taking the field, and uh, as I told them, no, no one feels sorry for us. <laughs> we got to just be a little bit better next week, uh, grow from this. Want to Matt? How do you? I mean, this is a game that unfortunately looked very familiar to I think most of the Nebraska fan base. How do you? Commits locker. This is one of one. This is not same old Nebraska. We're going to move forward from this, and we're going to get over Yeah, I, I don't even. I mean, uh, that's kind of what I said at the beginning. Like, um, you know. This is the, this we're on the front end of something that we're building, and um, you know I think at, at the end of the day, uh, when you look at you know to be able to rush for that many yards, and I, you know I know some of them are the quarterback, but you know, they give you eleven eligible receivers, eleven eligible players, right? You can use who you can. Uh, to, to, to I look at it the other way, to think of the mistakes we made, to have seven penalties, to have the four turnovers, and still. You know, a good team like Minnesota that averages nine wins a year have to, you know, kick the field. Now we have to fix it. We have to get better. Um, but I, I'm not. I'm not even thinking about anything that ever happened before I got here. It has nothing to do with me. Um, I don't want our players to think about that. We, we're, I'm thinking about what's next. I'm thinking about getting back and watching this tape tomorrow. I'm thinking about next week. And uh, you know, we, we've got to generate some more yardage and points on offense. We have to be a little. We have to be more efficient. Um, we have to be better early on. We were like four, they were converting third downs. We weren't. We got better. We, we, needed, we needed to play this game. We needed to come back and figure it out. And I think you'll see a team that just gets better. Other than those mistakes that you just mentioned, I mean, is this the exact type of style of game you envision playing? Well, we knew versus Minnesota, we knew that there wouldn't be a lot of possessions, right? We knew, you know, the kind of the way they play. Typically, that you know, it's been like 34, 35 minutes time of possession. You know, I think it was right at like, you know, they were at 30 and a half, and we were at 29 something. So, um, I certainly didn't envision the seven penalties, and did not envision the. Um, I certainly did not envision the uh, turnovers, right? Like that's not what I thought we would do. So. Um, you know, but I knew it'd be a close game. I knew it'd be a battle. You know, they were top ten defense in some categories for a reason. You know, and um, we knew it'd be a challenge. To just uh, if we don't turn the ball over, if we can fix the penalties, I think we have a chance to be a little bit better than we were tonight. 
So in addition to the kind of the discussion there, a uh, little, little piece of news there that apparently Isaiah Garcia-Castaneda suffered an injury at some point, um, which I didn't even notice watching the game itself. And, but, they're, and they're not sure of the severity. Right. It sounded like he, he sounded potentially uh, a little bit concerned about the severity of all of that. Um, for what it was worth, apparently, uh, Marcus Washington was suspended for the first half because of academics. Um, he, I mean, I think nobody was that surprised that they didn't see him because he had been injured so much during the off season that you just wondered if he had, he had even practiced enough or was in tip top physical shape with the injuries to be able to get in the game as well. And it does explain a little bit, Caleb, why you saw, you know, saw so many non, non wide receivers or non tight ends or what, you people mean, from different positions. Tommy Hill, Heinrich, Heinrich Harberg. Harberg. Tommy <laughs> Hill, Heinrich Harburg. Harburg, I guess, was a tight end, so that might be a little different. But it does explain why that delayed shot was to Tommy Hill late in the game. Um and why he was in there because I mean Har- you don't have IGC. Um you know, you're yeah. that that room is already dangerously low on guys that he's comfortable on playing to the point that he's going back over to the cornerback room to find a guy who used to play receiver instead of looking at the young guys mm-hmm. who are out there right. on the team. Although they did have the one play to uh to Lloyd, uh the reverse yeah. to Lloyd in the in the second half. But beyond that, those guys didn't hey, really do a whole bringing lot. in a backup quarterback and throwing it to him. Got you first down. He was and he was in a couple of other plays too, um, as as part of the part of the package as well. Which you know, I guess it's a fun, maybe good part of it. Um, but Thomas Fedoni on the milk carton last night. Well, penalties right away on him too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, six fifty five. What do you think? Texas four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred. How are you feeling? Are you feeling like it's more of the same, or can you take the position that rule took on that press conference there hey all of those problems all those mistakes and you're still that close with high temperatures near 93 degrees we'll also have a light breeze between 10 to 20 miles per hour from the 1011 weather center i'm meteorologist melissa meter you're listening to lnk today with jack and friends on 1499.3 klin all right, it's 658. We got 63 degrees in the capital city on our way to a high today. Uh, in the low 90s, and then uh, warming up particularly. It looks like just, well, just, easy for me to say. Looks like three days where we're going to be at our uh, our hottest again, right around 100. That'll be on Saturday, Sunday, and Labor Day. The, the entirety of your weekend, basically. And then it looks like we are uh, getting back to... Yeah, I would say more seasonal temperatures after that Tuesday back at 93. Wednesday, high of 85. Thursday, high of 88. So still obviously warm summerish weather, which isn't you know abnormal for early September in Nebraska. But hopefully not talking about those heat indices that are going to get well into the hundreds, which is probably what you're going to have for a decent portion of this weekend. All right, I want to hear what you thought about the game last night. Text us 402-479-1400. We're going to re- uh, respond to some of your text. Plus, we're going to get to other news going on this morning. Uh, we got the five things that you were talking about coming up with your morning. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Saturday school buses. If you come across anything that slows you down, call the traffic hotline 402-479-1414. That's a quick check of your time saver traffic. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back, LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Uh, so, college sports news that isn't necessarily Nebraska football here just for a second. But new this hour. But new as of the last few minutes ago. <laughs> uh, reports coming in from various media members that ACC presidents have approved expansion to add Stanford, Cal, and SMU, Southern Methodist University. According to, like I said, it's been reported by Yahoo Sports. It's been reported by McMurphy. It's been reported by, it's. I mean, it's everywhere now. So yeah. uh, that apparently has happened. And the ACC, uh, they, the schools will still have to vote to accept uh, if they've gone this far down the line, Caleb. I assume they're going to accept. That's mm-hmm. just a formality at this point. And we'll get the final so, details that come out, but all of the the reports ahead of now ahead of this announcement where these reports had been that Cal Stanford and SMU were going to either forego that media money or at least take, take a smaller percentage and work up to it and still be part of the grand grant of rights that runs until 2036. It's so weird. (laughs) And and, I mean, and look, uh, as a, as a, you know, as a, alum and a fan of a team in the Big Ten, what the Big Ten's doing makes no sense either from a geographic or cultural or anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe it makes more sense from a cultural standpoint than does adding Cal and Stanford and Southern Methodist. What, you can't wait to see Duke SMU? Uh, But, yeah. That's, uh, that's, I mean, USC, UCLA, Washington, Oregon going to the Big Ten is definitely weird. Feels weird. West Virginia going to the Big 12. Definitely, and you, Central Florida going to the Big 12 feels weird. Cal Stanford and SMU goes going to the ACC may feel the weirdest all, out of all of those. And that's, that's the something. weirdest one. That is something. Um, and like, and it's not close. Like it's yeah. like from number one weirdest to number two weirdest. There's a giant gap. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've asked you to uh, send us your text. We want to react to number one. Give you a chance to. to <laughs> I don't blame you. You know, it's funny. I I, I was a, thinking about coming in this morning. I was like, oh man. I was like, oh, I stayed up late. I'm depressed. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to get on here. But it has been fairly therapeutic now that I'm here and talking about it to at least have 
to at least have something, you know, a microphone for people to listen to me to vent and complain and do those that things. And so I want to give you that opportunity too, not necessarily with the microphone, but maybe your comments will be heard over the microphone. You can text them into 402-479-1400. Let's go through some of the uh, texts that we've gotten in so far during the show. We've got a lot of them. Uh, Corey says the defense was a positive. They got better as the game wore on. That coverage was tight in the second half and found a way to get to the quarterback. I, I mean, I agree to the point that after the Anthony Grant fumble and they had to make one play and they couldn't make the one play. That's it. I mean, that's, that's it there at that point. And then same after the interception, too, is Minnesota got that that what was it a scramble up uh, run up the middle that got them in field goal range at the very end and yeah they were just bleeding yards there wasn't just, really a, a I mean, stop listen and and I agree I mean overall I agree with what Corey said the defense overall mm-hmm. looked good they had about eight plays in the last four minutes of the game that they could have ended the game yeah oh they, they could have ended the game by doing one thing and they didn't the the other thing on that very last drive to set up the field goal was. The run up the middle for a first down, and they only had to get like four yards with a face mask tacked yes. onto it. Yeah, <laughs> man. But like, yes, up until those final two drives for the defense, even without the QB pressure in the first half, yeah, things did look good. Yeah, but, Minnesota didn't. I mean, Minnesota did not look like a team starting. Okay, the Minnesota did not look like an offense that was going to be. If Nebraska could get up in that game by a couple of scores. Minnesota didn't look like an offense that was going to be able to have a particularly no. explosive play or a particularly like long drive where they kept getting first down after first down. The tackling was better, right? Mm-hmm. And the pressure wasn't there for a lot of the game. It started to get there in the second half. Um, you got uh, the polar bear had a sack, I believe it, at one point, Hutmaker. Um, they got some... Th- they also got some pressure in a couple of times, Caleb, where Kalik Manis is not a super mobile. I mean, he's no Jeff Sims in terms of mobility, but he just wriggled out of there a couple of times yep. when the pressure came and got a, th- got a ball thrown away or even got a ball completed mm-hmm. a couple of times. And, man, if you can get your hands if you can get your hands on those guys in the Big Ten, you've got to get those sacks. Yes. And Nebraska, I think, only had one that I remember on the game. Two. Two sacks. Blaze got, got one. Blaze got, Blaze Gunnarsson got one, too. Uh, but... You want that number to be higher in that game, mm-hmm. and the it got better as the game went on. Um, I'll say that. Uh, let's see. The, the Jeremy says all the Fox promotion of the Coach Prime makes me hope he feels miserably at Colorado. It is over the top, guys. It is. I mean, I get it. I am down right now. I am. I am. I'm in the dumps right now about this whole thing. You may be too. It's going to take. A few days, probably by Sunday, Caleb, and I am going to be in beat Colorado mode mm-hmm. <laughs> because th- this, the way Fox, I mean, is this that big of a draw for Fo- Fox is promoting TCU Colorado like it is the Super Bowl. I, here, I, have, I can't believe it. I, I will just tell you when you get into beat Colorado mode, when you get up tomorrow and you turn on Fox's big noon kickoff and all of the pregame, all of the pregame is on prime against TCU. Right. Well, what can 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 they make the flip in Boulder and can they upset the, the Big 12 champion who, by the way, has a quarterback who, had he not gotten hurt, would have started instead of Max Duggan all of last year. 
Yeah. So TCU is not exactly empty on what they have. You you will by 10 a.m. tomorrow be on the beat Colorado. Yeah. It, okay. It's time. All right. I need to feel that because I need to replace <laughs> this feeling of despair. Dealer Dave says on a positive note, at least the coaching didn't lose that game. That was an execution problem, not a coaching problem. So that's an improvement. I mean, I think here's. I'll say this. I'll say this. And Matt Rule, in the clip we just talked about it, he spoke to this. But Anthony Grant was called out at the press conference by Matt Rule, which I think was him messaging to Anthony Grant, but also telling the public as well that he's got to quit fumbling if he wants to play. Yeah. Okay. He said that on a, a week ago Saturday, I think, uh, or or just this last Saturday, perhaps when he talked. Maybe it was a little bit further back than that. Doesn't well, matter when it was, but well, I have it uh, August nineteenth. Okay, so it was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he said that basically, Anthony, that basically Anthony Grant, if he wants to get on the field, he's got to quit fumbling, mm-hmm. right? And he might have had a better practices after that. And I get it that they think he's the mo- the biggest home run threat of all the running backs. I probably agree with that. But you have that drive at the end, Caleb, and you don't need your you don't need to pop a big play on that drive. Right, mm-hmm. you need to get a few first downs, and at at worst, get a few first downs and punt the ball away. If if that's if that's the worst, that's the worst way that it can end. Punt the ball away and give Colorado a long field, um, a long field if they've got to go down there and try and tie the game with a touchdown, with a passing attack that's been so so during the course of the night. Instead, you have Anthony Granton, whose problem was diagnosed by Matt Rule as fumbleitis. Essentially, and he's the one in the game. And what happens? Well, I mean, <laughs> the exact thing that you said was happening mm-hmm. at that point. And he was asked about it, and I don't think he was trying. I mean, he he kept saying he didn't want to get on Anthony Grant for that, and I get that. You don't want to give the guy the the player a mental complex about this whole thing. But he did say it was one of his assistant coaches that made the decision at that point, and I mean, you you add in all those factors. Look. We're messaging to him that he's not going to play if he's not fumbling. Mm-hmm. That's been an issue. We don't. We might play him where we need. We need a spark. They didn't need a spark there. They needed the best ball carrier right there, who is going to be secure with the ball and get them a few yards and run clock. And so he got. It's hard not to ask why in the heck he was the one toting the ball at that point. And, and especially when you look at that, Gabe Irvin only had seven carries to Anthony Grant's nine. Right, I but, just but I, but had twice as many yards. Irvin had twice as many yards as Grant. Really, yeah. that yeah. surprises 55 me. Fifty-five to twenty-eight. That surprised me because I went away thinking that Grant looked a little better in that game. But now, apparently, now Gabe Irvin had a twenty-seven yard run. Okay, which, which I mean that boosts the average and that boosts the numbers yeah. a little bit there. Too. I don't know. I mean, I don't making Grant in that spot, having Grant in that spot makes no sense. I mean, it's it just doesn't. Yeah. I can't. I don't. I, there's not a reason I can understand at that point for doing that if he's got fumbling problems, which he does. So, again, it happens. There, it's not going to be perfect from the coaching standpoint, but that's a decision that that I am 100% sure they would take back and say, yeah, we probably shouldn't have done that. You know what I would have liked to see more of? And, and, yes, I get it. Jeff Sims got sacked a few times, took some hits, and he <laughs> he, he ran the ball. I'd like to see him slide a little bit more, too. Yeah, but, me too. The very first offensive play of the Matt Rule era was a four-yard quarterback sneak. Right. 
Yeah, that was nice. When, when Nebraska initially had gotten into the red zone, and I know there was the false start on the other quarterback sneak that they tried to do. When Nebraska got into any situation, I was like, just quarterback sneak four times right now. Right. Tom, like, Tom like, Brady style. Ma- make them stop that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he was giving me, by the way, on another note, uh, he was giving me some real Jamal Lord vibes during that game was uh, was Jeff Sims. For yep. those of you who are old enough to remember <laughs> Jamal Lord, uh, which isn't, I mean, it's, it, I mean, with the interceptions to some degree too, but with the way that he ran, I will say this, he was a better runner than I even gave him credit for. Mm-hmm. A better, faster, stronger runner than I gave him. That was more of a weapon than I even realized like he, for him. So, I mean, if you want a positive there, but... You can't. You over rely on that, and he's going to get himself hurt at some point, and that might happen anyway. Though, yeah, so. yeah, you start to lean on that, right. and we're we're going to see more of Harburg and Man. probably the more of Purdy as well. You just, but you can't turn it over like that. You can't turn it over, and turnovers at the worst, most just backbreaking time possible mm-hmm. on three uh, three occasions. Did he did he throw the ball away at all? Uh... I don't recall I, I was trying to specifically because when you he usually you, tucked and run when he was in when he right because when so, you're which, thinking about quarterback decision making a lot of what we saw especially on the interceptions was him just staring down his target yeah. and God. and on that last one they just went oh where are his eyes let's just go stand right there but I I don't recall seeing a time that he got into trouble and just said I'm putting this ball out of bounds somewhere I'm getting rid of it. But and I don't know if you saw the replay on the one the first one at the end of the first half where he threw the pick, but he had Nate Borkerker wide open, standing alone, wide open in the end zone, right by the guy. Good old he, Nate he was, Bo Richter. Yeah, he he had Borkerker <laughs> just standing there, posting up um, in the middle of the coverage, and would have been a a gimme touchdown if he just spotted him, but. Yeah, he was looking. He was looking at the same guy the whole way. It's mm-hmm. exactly what you said. Chicken Ray says there's a lot of good I saw in the game. If Anthony Grant can't cover the ball with both arms going through traffic, he needs to sit on the bench and think about it. Love the new defense. I think it'll get better and better. Minnesota's one of the few teams in the Big Ten that has experienced playing against the three three five, and they still did well. The kick in the groin at the end still hurt and opened old wounds. I think I agree with everything he said there. I think I, I agree with yeah completely everything he said here. And 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 as for Grant, he's. Uh, until you're in a spot where a fumble isn't going to be backbreaking, you probably can't have him in. I, I, yeah, I hate to say that, but you got to figure out to way make Irvin or Ramir uh, or Emma Johnson uh, or someone work at this point. You're gonna you're going to have to do that because this team can't afford. We've seen it so many times: backbreaking turnovers, lose games. Backbreaking turnovers, lose games. You got to stop. Sims Grant, you can't do it. You can't do it whatsoever. And fumbling can become a habit, and it sounds like that that's what it's been for Anthony Grant over this fall so far. Now, Chris took a little tact on what some of the others were saying. He had one text say, hey, at least it wasn't the coaching, and it was a little bit of a different situation. Chris instead said, well, to me it looked like the same broken record story of all the meltdown losses of the Frost era. I mean, it looked incredibly similar to those. It looked, I already went through all the similarities. It had all of the hallmarks of those same things. 
Phil says, well, apparently it wasn't Solich that cursed <laughs> Nebraska football. Hey, oh. my wife asked why we didn't do a break the curse party. I, I, went, I thought it was fine. I wonder. I thought we were okay. 1T Brett keeping it positive. He says, I liked a lot of what we saw last night. Sims was impressive running and passing. We wasn't throwing interceptions. The defense looked tougher than previous years. The offensive line needs a bit more work, but again, looked better than previous years. Thought it was a heartbreaking end. Our guys kept playing hard through the fourth quarter. Last couple of years when something would go bad in the second half, seemed like our guys would give up. Uh, Marie says, that- I will, I, I will say that. I know we've talked about how the defense just didn't get that stop, but it, it, to me, that, that's still different than you see. It, it took getting down to a fourth and 10 and not, not getting the interception right. on, on third down. It wasn't a, as soon as Anthony Grant fumbled it, one play touchdown and we're going, Oh crap. The wheels are going to come off, and now they're going to yeah, all of a sudden true. lose by ten at that's the end. That's true. They, uh, yeah, they made it. At least they made it dramatic, I guess. <laughs> right. It, it was there was still there was a level of fight that was that was still seemingly it's, there. The whole defense is a story of playing well ninety percent of the game, and then just having one unbelievably costly slip up. Mm-hmm. And the the secondary was great. For the vast, I mean, great for the vast majority of this game, uh, and and they figured out how to play coverage on those deep balls. It wasn't going to get P- DPI called because mm-hmm. could have. On the other hand, Minnesota found out, figured out how to hold the entire game on the oh, offensive no line without joke. getting called, and that's that's part of the game. But you got Malcolm Hartzog who had his eyes in the backfield on that last play, Caleb. Well, I mean, it yeah, it, it was his eyes there, and if you watch the replay, there is all of the help to the inside. And he went and he tried to jump the inside. Yep. You let him go. Let 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 him go there and cuz you have to just take away the one spot that won't get you beat, and that's the one spot that got him beat. And then Marie couldn't do it after the first half. She said after the pick in the end zone of the first half, I couldn't watch anymore. Oh. Same song, different verse. It's rough, Husker fans. Let's hurt together. Let's ache together. <laughs> One of these days we won't be doing it, but wasn't to be last night. Right now, 725 in the Capital City. Cubs got to check sports on chaos. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Live out today, this is The Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, let's get things started this morning with... Number five. The fourth consecutive season opening loss for the Huskers last night in Minnesota, 13-10. to 10. You started the Matt uh, Rule era, but you can probably sum it up with just four words. Mistakes and missed opportunity. Absolutely oh, right. Man. And um, it's just, it's like deja vu. It's like a bad nightmare that plays itself over and over and over again for 
Nebraska fans, and hopefully this is hopefully this is just one of the leftovers from the previous era, and things are going to change starting next week. But it's hard not to <laughs> it's hard not to be concerned here at this point as a uh, as a Nebraska fan. But all that aside, and we've broke this down a whole lot of ways, and we'll get to more of your texts here coming up in a bit. So if you've got thoughts on the game, text us at 402-479-1400. I think we can all probably join arms and sing in unison and agree. No more week zero games. No more Thursday night openers. Okay? <laughs> and maybe no more conference games to open up the season as well. Right? Uh, I mean, Well, we won't next year. Next year, you get right into the non-conference week one. It, it ne- Nebraska playing another either conference team um, or or power five team, or you know, in that in that very first game, or ahead of everybody else. It's just, there's just bad memories associated with it. I mean, it's not a, look. It's not a specific excuse, but I'm just tired of having a devastating loss before the rest of the year, rest of the world gets playing for the most part. And so, I, and that ends next year, I believe. Yeah, yeah, so, you'll, you'll get right into the non-conference next year. Yeah. But, but that that's for us here. And I know, like Minnesota did not play well. Mark, how did your friends up there feel about like just a win is a win? Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, to be real honest, even growing up, Gopher football just wasn't that big a deal. Yeah. I mean, we had Vikings. The Vikings. The yeah. It's a I mean, Vikings the, When I was growing up, it was the Purple People Eaters. It was yeah, the yeah. front line of the Vikings. So. Well, and you're right. And yeah. Minnesota was kind of irrelevant for about, they were really good in the, like, the 40s and then into, oh, yeah. into the early 60s. But after from about the 60s to a few years ago, there wasn't a whole lot there for them. So I get, I get what you're saying there. I mean... Most of most of my friends now are you know they remember the the lean, lean very lean season. Right. So, yeah. What uh, did we say yesterday on the tailgate? They went to three bowls in what it was like sixty years yeah, or something like that. Yeah. It was it was rough. No, but they did have a sellout crowd of fifty three thousand and change. Well, that's they just want to get back outside. You know, <laughs> Thursday night and you know at this time of the year you don't have a lot of nights that you can get out. And, and be comfortable. In That's true. Mm-hmm. It gets pretty... Snow, Mark, the snow's coming, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, like they used to say, the in Minnesota, there's uh, 10 months of winter and two months of road construction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're, we're in that right now. All right, moving on. Number four. More than 340,000 people attended the Guardians of Freedom Air show last weekend at the Lincoln Air Park. Highlighted, of course, by the performance of the U.S. Navy's Blue Angels that broke the previous record set in 2011 when we had a quarter of a million, 250,000 people. So big show, big attendance, and everything, including the weather, seemed to gear up just for that. So that is the, as I understand it, the record for the largest attendance at a spectator event ever in in Lincoln's history. Which, by the way, how do they... How exactly do we measure the gate for that thing? I mean, I get when you're going into a football game, everybody's got a ticket, and you well, do that. Well, weren't, weren't they checking people coming in? Were they? I wasn't. I, 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 I didn't mean, go out there, so I, I wondered I about that. Maybe they do. I know they had the clear bag policy and all. Yeah, of that, you're so, right. That's a good point. So I'm, I'm sure they, and you can estimate the crowd size. For yeah, me. that that number. Well, that aside, that number is. I mean, that number is massive. That's bigger than the population of Lincoln. Three hundred forty thousand. Of course, that's over two days. Thing. You know, still, but yeah, still, yeah. I mean, I had uh, saw some social media reports of uh, two hours waiting in uh, line going in, two hours to get in. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, 
I don't know how often you can do these, but if you're going to bring that many people, I mean, obviously, if you got 340,000 people, a bunch of those people are not people from Lincoln, if they're doing that, coming into, coming into the city, maybe staying overnight, but at very least probably spending some money in the city and the economy. Heck, let's keep bringing these things back, right? Yep. <laughs> I don't know if there's diminishing returns on that, but if you can get that many people in here... For these events, they are uh, they got to be kind of a gold mine for that but for that reason. You have to consider it's uh, generally the central part of the country. Um, good weather that we get. I don't want right. to say we lucked out, but it right. was. It's it's free. It's free. <laughs> that's huge. And, and that's very huge. A lot yeah. of static displays. A lot of people wanted to see that new fighter aircraft. Yeah, and and then uh, of course they had the career fair for uh, students and, and people looking to get into the aviation industry. So just a lot of reasons to uh, to show up. No doubt about that. No doubt about that. Congratulations to everybody who pulled it off. Um, great crowd, great event as well, and uh, looking forward to the next time that they do it. Number three. Some hot and slightly breezy weather over the next couple of days. Uh, humidity low, um, levels will be much more in the comfortable range than the last heat wave. Upper 90s, I just talked with uh, lead meteorologist Becky Kern at the National Weather Service. Huh? She said uh, heat index might get to 100. Ooh. Okay, they're, they're hesitant. Ooh, Basically oh. saying the heat index is probably going to be real close to actual temperature. Ooh. I like that news. Mark coming in with a little blast of good news for your Friday now, morning. Not here. all meteorologists agree. Well, I like your meteorologist. Yeah. <laughs> what, who's her name? Do you say Becky? I like her. Becky Kern. Uh, good job, Becky. And uh, she says the breezes and the lower humidity is going to make it much more tolerable. But then added that they this temperature is taken in the shade. So if you're in the sun, take that into consideration. Yeah. But uh, ten eleven, looking uh, for heat indices, maybe up to one hundred five. Well, I'm I got the weather service, which that's where Becky works. Uh, I've got their hour by hour pulled up, and Friday maximum dew point sixty five. Saturday maximum dew point sixty four. Sunday maximum dew point fifty nine. It's a huge thing. Uh, and then Monday, it's back up to 65. But, yeah, you're right. It, that When you say no heat, I, as soon as you said that there won't be a huge difference between the heat index and the temperature, I knew, okay, we're dealing with a situation where it's just not going to be that humid. The old proverbial Arizona dry heat, Mark. That's what we're getting this time around. That's what they said uh, we were going to get during that last heat wave, and it didn't really turn out to be that. So. Yeah, except the, the Arizona dry is a little drier. Even drier. So we're, we're not, I mean, not 65 dew point. We're talking I, a lot less. I was there in July. Uh, it was 117, and the dew point was 12. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Really? Holy cow. The other thing with this, and, and you mentioned at the outset, uh, Mark, is that's been different than kind of what we've really had for a lot of this summer is just consistent, pretty strong wind. Which is, yep. of all the things that, of all the weirdness of this summer, there haven't been, you know, storms have come through and been windy, but there's haven't been a lot of windy days, it feels like. No, these are going to be, year. you know, 10 to 15, but gusts 20, 25, and maybe even up to 30 by uh, Monday. The one thing unusual about this is south, southerly winds primarily, and usually those bring in the more humid conditions, but not this time. All right, well, breezy, warm, and then uh, looking better, back to kind of the normal range that you're in by Tuesday after you get through the Memorial Day weekend. So have a cookout, enjoy it, it'll be gone. Uh, eventually, and you're going to miss the warm weather, so soak it in while you can. And I'm talking mainly to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Number two.
Lee Meyer and his Watusi Bull Howdy Duty of Neely <laughs> pulled over by Norfolk Police for traffic violations, but just given a warning, actually. Uh, News Channel Nebraska reporting that uh, video of the Watusi Bull in the car with him <laughs> have you- went viral. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, have you seen the video of this, Mark, or seen yes. the pictures of it? This has, like, been everywhere now, uh, all over the country at this point, because the picture is just, or the, the video is just hilarious. The thing is humongous, and it's just hanging out while the guy's driving, apparently, through through Norfolk, uh, gets a call because he's on 275, and they're like... Um, this is going to sound crazy, <laughs> but there is a guy driving down 275 with a massive bull hanging out the side of his car. Is this legal? What do we have going on? Officers, come on, pull him over, assess, uh, address some, tra- <laughs> this is the quote from their police captain. We addressed some traffic violations, <laughs> according to News Channel Nebraska. Like you said, got a warning. Then howdy doody, headed home with with uh, with his owner. I love the modifications on the car. It's yeah, still that's... it's still leaning to the right. What, what is <laughs> that? Does hair. he have a? Is that some kind of a gate that is zip tied onto that car? Exactly. Well, the car's it been modified like... because the roof's been taken off the right half and the windshield. Did they split the out. windshield in half. <laughs> <laughs> so it <can> fit. <laughs> And then yeah, and then they have the 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 cattle fence, yeah, just like tied <laughs> with zip ties. It's zip tied on there. I looked at a close up. They've got it. I think, I, they're, they're I think there's more than just the zip ties. So it looks to me like there's been some welding. Yeah, done. I was gonna say hopefully they welded a little bit of that. I mean, yeah, to get him in there is gonna take uh, more than just a zip tie. And then the very front of the car has its own horns. It reminds me of the Smokey and the Bandit uh, Cadillac. <laughs> but this is this is, I think, it's a white Taurus, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I believe. Yeah, it's that's... a little white car. <laughs> it's a Ford. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I. Uh, this is great. The News Channel Nebraska article. If you didn't see it. To those unacquainted with Meyer, Lee Meyer, this is the guy who was driving with the bull, the sight was likely a bewildering experience, but to his wife, Rhonda, it was just another outing of two best friends. He was just going to go for a drive. He he got him. I can't remember if it was eight or nine years ago, Rhonda told radio station US 92. He was like five or six months old when he bought him, and he's just been his best friend and buddy. Takes him out for a walk once a week. To eat grass and plants in the road ditches along the highway. And in Neely, apparently these guys are uh, local celebrities. They get pictures taken with them. They've got them in parades. They've got all of these things. <laughs> Rhonda said, I got a phone call at work for my son wanting to know if dad is in jail. <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, you can't separate. They always say you can't separate a man and his bull. Best friends riding in the car. All I can think of is a brand new type of technology for spreading fertilizer. How does he get that bull in that car? There are so many bungee cords am, and zip ties the, on that thing. The amount of the amount of questions that I've got related to just the car situation <laughs> is a lot. Uh, I can't get enough of looking. Can we, at, can we get Jim McKee to look at the modifications on this car? Yeah, maybe we need to. <laughs> He maybe, he maybe made him. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. <laughs>
number one. Uh, multiple reports indicate the ACC presidents have voted to add Stanford, Cal, and SMU, Ooh. bringing the league to 18, though Notre Dame remains independent. Yeah, that's... You You are a 15-team league, 14 playing football, and that just coming in this hour, you you, you had wondered what, were go- what was going to happen with the final few Pac-12 teams. You're still waiting to see what happens to uh, Washington State and Oregon State. But at least two of them have now found a home heading from the Pacific to the Atlantic. There's, listen, I, it would be it would be a inconsistent of me just now to start bringing up how weird these mixtures that you're getting in these conferences is. But I don't know if you can beat the weirdness of the cultural combination of SMU and the Dallas. Think around the Dallas Metro. And Cal Berkeley. (laughs) I mean, to call those two cultural fits within a conference is probably stretching the word. Cultural fit is doing a lot of work in that sentence. Some heavy lifting. A lot of work. And then to take the two of them and then throw them on the East Coast in a conference that's based largely on the East Coast is... uh, It feels like this all could have been done... Not only this, but what the Big Ten did, what the Big 12 did, all of it. It could have been done in a lot more, I don't know. Organized and structured way? Yes. So Something that made some semblance of yes. sense? Yes. I mean, and I get why it happened like it did, but like, I feel like now when, when you get everyone where they are, you're going to get these conferences, and you're going to be like, and these conferences are going to say, you know, we really did this a dumb way. Really, this could have been taken care of in such a more, like you said, structured, organized, mm-hmm. reasonable fashion. Well, with I, all of this, I, I just I cannot wait to see when you do get all of those changes. Here's that conference matchup. It's a doubleheader. First from the ACC, you've got Stanford at Virginia, and then from the Big Twelve, West Virginia at Utah. Yeah. Yeah, so now you, I mean, you can go through. You, Big 12 is now, I mean, you could sit, make that example. You could say Central Florida versus Utah is now a conference and, matchup. And, well, and USC at Rutgers. And then in the Big 10, USC at Rutgers. And then in the ACC, you know, pick your favorite, but probably, I mean, Cal and Miami. Yeah. Right? SMU Duke's my favorite one. SMU that, that just, Duke's. Just old, bitter rivals. Yep. Yeah. It's going to be a weird conference season. Is going to be weird for the next several years after after this year. Very bizarre. Yeah, and it, it's so much different than it was. Okay, now Colorado went to the Pac-12. Right. Now Nebraska's in the Big Ten. Yeah. Now Missouri's in the SEC. Yeah, it, feel, it feels but, different than now, those. Now you've got wholesale changes, geographically and kind of culturally with the whole thing. And Oregon State and Washington State are still saying, "Hey, what about us?" All right, 7.54, we'll take a break. That is it for your morning drive. That's brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN. When you're thinking, come across anything that slows you down, call the traffic hotline 402-479-1414. Keeping you moving with Time Saver Traffic, I'm Chris Lofgren. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back. LNK Today with Jack and Friends on this Friday morning. 65 degrees in the capital city. And I keep forgetting this, Caleb, but 
It is a uh, holiday weekend coming up. That's right. We are off on Monday. Monday, we will be, yep, a little bit of a programming note. We we, uh, we don't take a whole lot of days off here, just the kind of the, the big ones, the uh, Memorial Day, 4th of July, Labor Day, Thanksgiving, Christmas, mm-hmm. New Year's Day, uh, and that's it. So we are going to be uh, we're going to be off on Monday, and so we will be back here on Tuesday to get things going next week. Uh, so we'll get started with the, you know the regular the regular Tuesday lineup. Joe Jordan uh, hoping to get John Baylor back on Tuesday as well after he was off this week, and we'll get back going with Fantasy Huskers again. So you'll probably have another time where you'll be able to double up this week. Be listening at 6.35 and 8.10 for your Fantasy Huskers keyword. All right, coming up during the 8 o'clock hour, we still got more texts. If you still have more texts that you want to get in to send to us and you've got thoughts that you want to put out there after that game, that frustrating game last night, we want to hear it. Do you feel... Do you feel okay after it all, despite that it was painful? Do you feel like there were positive steps, or are you a little despondent? Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. If you come across anything that slows you down, call the traffic hotline 402-479-1414. Keeping you moving with time saver traffic, I'm Chris Lofgren. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back. 809, 66 degrees in the capital city. This is a weird Friday. This is a very weird Friday. It does not feel like a Friday. <laughs> Normally, you're like on a Wednesday. You're like, oh, is it Friday yet? This feels like a Friday. Well, today, it's a Friday, and I don't. it feels like a Monday. Nobody's thinking about their job the nobody's, day after a game. Nobody's thinking about their job the day after another gut-wrenching, heart-ripped-out-of-your-chest loss. <sighs> but here we are. And it is the weekend. Accentuate the positive uh, for those of you who get a full weekend, mm-hmm. that we're on the verge of a of a three-day weekend here with Labor Day coming up. So we got that. We got that, which is yeah. nice. Once again, um, as we had said earlier, when there would have been the cue to, to text for Fantasy Huskers, yes. this is where the other one would have been. Nancy was our winner. She said 16 uh, with her guess for how many points Nebraska would score against Minnesota. Ultimately, Nebraska scored 10, and that was the closest. That was our lowest one, well, and that, that goes to Jack's ultimate advice at all times. Take the margins. Take the extremes on fantasy. Huskers, <laughs> if I told you once, I told you a hundred times, the extremes win on this game very, very frequently. And with that said, Caleb, I think I'm just going to make an executive decision right now for fantasy Huskers next week. We're just going to flip it. How many with the defense playing a relatively Ooh. good game? 
and Coach Prime in his first home game, how many points does the Nebraska defense give up to Colorado and Coach Prime? Interesting. And Coach Prime. By the way, is Fox Television counting on making all of its annual revenue on that Colorado game? On that no, on that singular Colorado game on Saturday against TCU, because I have never. There are Super Bowls that have been less marketed than that game. Well, they're doing that, and they're they're tacking on the the, the, Nebraska, the, the Nebraska one too. There were full there were full images on TV that had Colorado TCU on the left side, then Colorado Nebraska on the right side. Yeah, big noon kickoff. Um, it's it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I mean. I saw a tweet that Fox put out. It basically said something to to the effect of there's never been a bigger opener than this or something like that in college football history. Oh, yeah. I remember I, I was seeing just, that. I was like, really? Also, I think I understand. I haven't seen the pictures or videos of this, but Fox was doing an uh, NFL preseason game. Uh, I don't remember even where it was, maybe in Houston or New Orleans, and they brought a live buffalo in. To the NFL pregame show to promote this Colorado game, <laughs> it's it, it it is it's at a different level. So okay, so get ready, guys. The uh, I think we're still. I feel a little. I mean, I feel a little. I was despondent last night. I was sitting in my kitchen last night at midnight with the lights off, eating a bowl of ice cream that I pulled out <laughs> of the freezer that I should not be eating. On the on the on the way that I've been eating lately, trying to lose weight, I definitely should have been should have been. I put peanuts on on top of it. It was a bad food decision <laughs> for me. After making a few other bad comfort food decisions that night, and I sat there quietly and despondent, and I was like, I should go to bed. I've got to get up in less than four hours, but I'm just going to sit here because this ice cream feels good. <laughs> At this point, that's where I was. So I'm saying, feeling a little better tomorrow. Feeling a little better today. Feel a little better tomorrow, and then um, by the time we get back here Tuesday, Caleb, uh, I'm going to be in full detest Colorado mode. Good. So I'm just I, gonna, as a matter, of, I think you'll be there in 26 hours. I probably will. I probably will. <laughs> so it's good. It's all uh, pain. the The funny thing by now is that. Nebraska fans understand the stages of grieving. I understand my own personal stages of grieving. I know on the night of, I am a monster. I am a basket case. I am t- I am putting incoherent, crazy things on social media. I know I'll wake up the next morning and I'll regret a good deal of it. I'll regret the way that I acted around people who I was watching the game with, which I have to again, because I was so... Cr- and then the next day after that, I'll say, okay... I'll start to explain things. I'll start to rationalize them and say, you know, it wasn't quite as bad as I thought. And then soon I'll turn around to having enthusiasm for the upcoming game. Once again, I've been through it a million times. I know, I know the stages (laughs) of Husker grief very well at this point. Here's the funny thing about pain. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Let's, let's get to some more text uh, here on this whole thing. And you guys can keep um, sending us those texts here throughout yes. the hour, 402-479-1400. Scott Not Molly texts in and he says, well, you get the feeling this was a step one of a new era. If you believe in rule and what he can do last night was a very promising step forward against a very good team. Most picked us to lose this game. Would you rather we lost by 40? No, I agree. I, It's not... I mean, I completely agree with him. What he's saying is rational and makes sense. I just... 
me personally, and I think I speak for the fan base to some degree at least, is that the way these losses keep hap- keep happening over and over again is just cruel and unusual punishment mm-hmm. to, for them to happen like they did. No, I wouldn't, big picture-wise, prefer they lost by 40 to Colorado. But a part of me in the moment would have rather had that just because the pain would have been spread out a little bit differently, right. and I never would have had the expectation. You I could mean, have felt it coming a little I, bit more. I mean, I got st- I mean, I should be at the point where I stop my mind from doing this, Caleb, but at some point when Nebraska's driving up by seven with the clock ticking in the fourth quarter, I'm starting to think, what are Caleb and I going to do on this show tomorrow to celebrate this win? Because we've got to make a big deal out of it. And I'm starting to think those things. I was watching your Twitter. And you were like, there's no way I'm going on the radio and talking about this game. I'm so sad. I, I know. And I, I, know. The, I Every one of those I was looking at, I was like, RIP to me. <laughs> Just I, I've, I have an overreaction problem in the moment. I admit it. I am self-aware. And I... And I often have to ask, I don't know if forgiveness is the right word, but at least perspective uh, for some of the things that I say. Steve asked the question, where were the wide receivers? Did they all stay home? Uh, Interesting question. Well, we have an answer on some of them. Marcus Washington made some big catches in the second half. He was suspended for the first half, we learned after the game. Suspended in the first half for some academics from the summer. And the reason he got a little bit more run in the second half, not just because all of a sudden he was off suspension, but Isaiah Garcia Castaneda was not out there anymore, suffered an injury. They have not let us know yet the severity of that, but Matt Rule didn't make it sound great in the post. No, he didn't. And if that is the case, Caleb, if that's something where he's out for an extended period of time or, heaven forbid, the entire season, that room, boy, that Xavier Betts loss, Caleb, just looks bigger and bigger all the time uh, if, if you had him here because now you'll be at a point where – uh, you're going to have Billy Kemp, and, and Billy Kemp wasn't a big factor in this game either. Mm-mm. He really wasn't a huge factor in this game. We talked about him being kind of maybe a big volume receiver this well, year, but he just... One of the inter- the first interception, actually, was just a little bit too tall for him. In The uh, the one in the end zone? No, no, no. Uh, oh, was there an earlier one? Yeah, there there was one. Of, now. Or yeah. may- maybe it was after the one in the... the yeah, it was it was before that one because that was yeah. at, right at the end of the half. Yeah, yeah, it was earlier in the half. Okay, for the first half interception. Yeah, um, he, but it's a good question. Who is gonna Who's gonna be in that receiving room? Are they gonna move Tommy Hill back there? He was out, out of the, necessity. He was out there. Like is uh, is Josh Fleeks a potential at that? They had Jalen Lloyd, the freshman from Omaha West Side, out there. That was for I think probably one gadget play, just using his ridiculous track speed, and that's where they did that. But. Is he going to get to a point? Is Coach Rule going to get to a point? I know he doesn't really want to play the freshman receivers. I don't think, and I'm talking about Lloyd, and I'm talking about Jaden Doss and Malachi Coleman and yeah. all these guys. I think he doesn't want to. He doesn't think they're ready. But at some point, you, you're not going to have a choice anymore. Mm-hmm. They're gonna, you're just going to be next man up. And I think, it, it, I think it helps with the ability to move Tommy Hill over because you saw the defensive backs in the secondary, for the most part, Play well. They didn't get beat. They got beat on that touchdown. But outside of that, you saw guys fly into the ball, glued to the glued to the uh, receivers downfield. Gave up some underneath stuff, but swarmed to the ball. Omar Brown got an interception. Mm-hmm. Ran a guy like he played really, really well. Yeah. for the most like you saw guys in the secondary play well. Uh, and if you have that, I think that that opens you up to 
who is somebody that can play offense, and Tommy Hill's one of those guys. Uh, they did not throw in Quentin Newsom all night long last no, they night. They said no. I mean, he had a – that's the thing about a DB. You don't know when they have a good game because you never mention their name mm-hmm. during the course of the game. And it's I like, think, oh, did they have no pass breakups? Mm-hmm. But did they ever throw their way? Right. And they didn't. Uh, let's see. Can ask the same question that I did. Why is it an RB that historically fumbles and is supposed to sit on the bench, but a QB that historically throws interceptions is still okay to play, and you call passing plays that seem to set him to fail? This He says this loss is on the coaches. I, you know, Sims, I think you're going to roll with Sims no matter what, and you're going to have to pass the ball with him. But to his point about Anthony Grant, I said it before, I don't – I. I have a really hard time understanding the reasoning of having him in there at that point when mm-hmm. less than two weeks ago you said he's got a fumbling problem right now. He's not going to, you know, if he fumbles, he's not going to be able to to play and he's going to take a back seat at this point. I don't know what interceded in those two weeks. Uh, Rule was asked about it after the game and he basically said, well, the running backs coach thought he was the right option for the plays that they were going to run at that point. But you had... One main job there. Mm-hmm. One main job. Eat up clock. Keep the ball. Even if it means you're just setting up to punt the thing and you're going to run as much clock as you can at that yeah. point. It's not about breaking a big play at this point. Even if, if Grant is your perceived home run threat, fine. I get it. I get it. But Gabe Irvin had probably the most impressive run of the night. 27 yards. Broke yep. a tackle in the backfield and and looked good. And he had a, you know he had other runs that weren't spectacular but it didn't look like there was a very clear like pecking order between hey this guy's obviously the best option in this situation i i don't get why you don't have gabe irvin in in that situation i really don't and you don't need because you had just picked up a third down and you had to throw it to get to it so when you you get that new set of downs man i i don't care if it's two yards and i think anthony grant they feel is more of this kind of home run hitter yeah when when he when he he can run some guys over, mm-hmm. he, and he's going to make a big play. Yeah, Gabe Irvin ripped off that twenty-seven yard run. I don't think they look at him quite in that same way. Ramirez Johnson, they want to try to find him the ball in space, and just really didn't yesterday. But if it's you go and you say we'll get one yard here, and then two yards, and then one yard, and then punt it. Well, you just burned two more minutes of clock, yep. and Bushini was doing a really good oh, job did. with his punts he again did. yesterday. <laughs> Game ball alert, or yeah, I mean, uh, uh, helmet sticker uh, uh, alert. Helmet sticker, maybe. Helmet, <laughs> helmet sticker alert. Game ball, Jesus. Uh, game ball hel- to the punter. Sorry, yeah. Iowa. Yeah, you're right. And Minnesota didn't look like a team that was going to go 90 yards if they had to, especially when they needed to do it fairly quickly, Caleb. I mean, they just they hadn't shown that the entire game. Uh, let's see. Woods Park Dennis says, game grade from last night, F, failed to get the job done. Refs, well, we won't go there. Lousy on their part. <laughs> Have you seen that ESPN is not broadcasting anything? Now dispute on Spectrum. Uh, I was told that. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I went away from Spectrum a while back, but apparently ESPN and Spectrum are having contractual deals as a carrier and not on the air right now, Spectrum. We have, we have Aloe in here, so I don't know about that, but... Not a good weekend for that to happen if you're a college football fan. Oh, not in the least. Not a good one. (laughs) I don't know who's that. I don't have a name on this one. They said Curse of Mike Um, Riley. That's that's Ed. Okay. Why is Mike Riley taking strays here (laughs) at this point? He was a 500 coach. He was the best. He's been the best coach record-wise out of three so far. Uh, Ben says, I don't want to feel anymore. That's how I felt last night. 
Uh, ben and Ben also says the Deion Sanders propaganda was horrendous. It was. Natalie says, I was encouraged last night. We were aptly, ra- actually rappling, wrapping up and tackling. It's been 20 years. Take out the turnovers. Obviously, we win no problem. I'll agree with Natalie. I thought the tackling, which I ticked off all of these things that have been characteristic in bad losses. One of them that wasn't there was bad tackling. Mm-hmm. It was guys being wrapped up. Now, there was there were a couple of plays where they got to Kaliak Manis in the backfield and were in range of sacking him and couldn't get him in the grasp. I guess that's a little bit of a different problem, mm-hmm. but to her point, I agree. There was there was generally solid tackling all around, and Caleb, maybe that's a vote in favor of having more physical f- practices and fall practices and full pads yeah. and full speed and ones versus ones and all of those things yeah, and, and, together. And, and that was that was still, for me, a, a concern after seeing some of the, a little bit of a look and, and, and some of the highlights that they would show where... Guys would go blow up some of the defenders, or guys would just bounce off, and some of it's a thud tackling day, but it was a, a remaining concern of mine. What would that tackling look like when they do play for a different team on the other side? I was encouraged by that last right. night. Yep. Uh, a couple more. We'll uh, get to break here. <clears throat> One T. Brett says, painful four years with a loss on the opener. Mm. Yeah. It's been frustrating. It's been frustrating. And then throw in, even further back than that, uh, Scott Frost 2018 first season with the lightning out and then the loss to Colorado. Right. A brutal loss on that one. Yeah, so four in a row, five out of six. Jeremy said, ugh, I feel like we are just playing a broken record. Mike says, I saw a team that got better throughout the game, shook off the setbacks that previously would have doomed us. Caleb, these text messages are all over the board. Yeah, all over the board. It tur- we got people saying, people saying, "Hey, it's the same as it always was." This one's on the coaches. We got people saying, "Hey, I'm seeing better stuff than I've ever you know seen in the last few years." And so I think everybody's reacting a little bit different to this one. And I don't think that's all that surprising uh, mm-hmm. with this whole thing. Um, and coach says the team is not cursed. Lord knows we've tried everything to break one. <laughs> I I personally don't agree with that. But anyway, <laughs> I firmly believe it's all the negativity that our fan base puts our to our environment. We were up by seven with less than five minutes ago. My fan group chat was littered. Where is the turnover? Then it materialized. I'm a firm believer in the power of positive thought, and we're putting out a heavily negative vibe. We need to start putting out some positive mojo this week. I think there was a lot of positive mojo this offseason. I really do. But I think the fans, the players, everyone has seen this story play out over and over again. And it's really hard to think, oh, bleep, here we go again. And Matt Rule is aware of that. He was trying to prepare for that scenario and try to mentally prepare his team for that scenario. Didn't happen this time in game one. It's got to happen later. Say uh, eight twenty-five. We'll take a break. We got a chick sports coming up next on KLIN. You've worked hard for what you have: your money, your assets, your four hundred one k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to three million dollars in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss, and if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. 
No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Freeze. Areas of smoke and haze remain possible, but conditions will likely improve for the second half of the day. From the 1011 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Melissa Meter. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIF. All right, 68 degrees in the capital city. Glad to have you back with us on this weird Friday morning. It is September now. August is over. We have got to the 1st of September and meteorological fall, but... In reality, we're going to be looking at triple digits for Saturday, Sunday, and Monday during this Labor Day weekend. Uh, But nonetheless, we are into September. And it's time to talk to Jeff Mall from Visit Lincoln. Uh, Good morning, Jeff. How are we doing this morning? Um, I'm doing okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's a complicated question. I just feel like what an amazing ride we've had for like the last week and a half or two weeks. You know, we broke ground. Two weeks ago on a youth complex, we, we've we had so many amazing events, and then, bam, yeah. we hit this last night. You know, I just, uh, it's Friday, let's, you know, let's look forward to a long weekend and being with family, but dang it, man, it was just so hard last night to yeah. put the head on the pillow and know that we just went through what we went through for so many years, golly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but let's look at the good times here, and you just had several yeah. of them from a tourism perspective. Let's start with the air show. Uh, I, I heard the, uh, the numbers here at this whole thing, uh, more than 340,000 people attended the air show on the uh, 26th and 27th. It's my understanding that breaks the previous record for largest attendance at a spectator event in Lincoln history. What do those kinds of numbers mean for a tourism perspe- perspective? Oh, well, it makes me smile. It, it, it just is, is such a great indicator of what an amazing community we have great volunteer base, an amazing chamber of commerce. Um, you know, our Air National Guard, our partners, everybody that helped make this thing happen, it, it's just such a good indicator and a story that we can tell to meeting planners and event planners across the country that we can do it at 340000 we can do it at 92000 and we do it well. And it's affordable, it's fun, it's family-friendly. And, uh, yeah, this kind of advertising, I mean, I'd have to pay millions of dollars for what, the amount of people were that we brought in. I'd have to pay a lot of money to do that. And this just happens organically through a really cool event. And just, uh, again, a pleasure to be a part of it. 340,000. That number's crazy, Jeff. I mean, like, well, I, I can't yeah. even get my head around that. It's obviously that's the entire city of Lincoln numbers wise. Um, yeah. Yeah. How, how does that happen exactly? I guess. Uh, it just, it, it's, it's just amazing, you know? And then I think the thing that, you know, at, at 340,000 over two days, we had, between 175 and 200,000 of that number on Saturday, the first day of the air show. And I'm out there all day. We get set up done. We get out of there late in the day. And, you know, that's just such a big area out there. You really don't even feel the impact of that many people. But um, those things just happen, and air shows are magical. We had amazing weather. Again, Lincoln is the destination. People, people feel that this is an extension of their small town or their hometown when they come to Lincoln. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just it's amazing. And, now, the only thing is a lot of people were upset again about ingress and egress, but I can tell you that LTU, the Lincoln Police Department, did an amazing job of making this a better air show in and out 
of the event than they have in previous years. Then I want to talk about where I was a couple of nights ago, seems like a long time ago now, at uh, Volleyball Night in Nebraska, uh, which by, uh, you know, I was there. I, I shared some of my thoughts on it here on the air. I think it's been sort of a unanimously really incredible review of that whole thing. But what what I can tell you, Jeff, having been there, is just looking at the T-shirts around the place is we had uh, people from people, teams, kids, families from all over the state of Nebraska at that thing and again another thing that probably makes you smile being in the tourism business yes yes and yes um i i was out at the the olive garden having a nice lunch that day uh with a client (laughs) and there were so many high school volleyball teams at the mall and at olive garden and there was just people just just lit just being in this community And, and i think the thing that i look at too jack is Yesterday, the, the amount of national media that this was their feature story, and you know, you guys talked about it. We've talked about it. You know, Magic Johnson talking about what an amazing event. ESPN is one of their lead stories again, talking about the millions of dollars of of marketing money that I would have to spend for that kind of impression. It just happened organically through an amazing event that I'm looking at my arms right now, and I've got chills because you've talked about it. We've all talked about it. Amazing events start to finish. There wasn't a flaw in that production, no. and it, yeah. it just—it's it, the thing now that you know. We just talked about the downer of last night, man. I'm back up again because I thought about what an amazing event that was. Yeah, and it and it does like I I had just got a interesting. I just got a text from uh, Dan Parson, and and they're going to talk about you know maybe the future of the the venue, maybe more events, um, things like oh, volleyball yeah. day, and it, it does make me wonder if there'll be more consideration just because that was received so positively if they're going to see if we can. And Garth Brooks was there a couple of years ago, too. So maybe there's more of that in that venue's future. I think we have to. I think, uh, you know, whether we're doing big volleyball events or, you know, maybe we start looking at basketball or whatever else we can do on the floor in that that building or that, that stadium. I also think about music. I mean, I just, you mentioned Garth Brooks. Scotty McCurry was amazing. And so many people stuck around for Scotty McCurry to continue that buzz and that excitement, but man, we can do music in that venue and do it right. Um, and to me, there's one. Uh, if you want to pack that place again and have a crazy atmosphere again, uh, there's one one event there. You got to get a Bud Crawford fight there. My goodness, that would be cool yeah. if they could ever do that. Yeah, I think like Foo, Fart, Foo Fighters on Friday night and then Bud Crawford on Saturday night at Memorial Stadium. Let's just do it. Hundred percent. That'd be great. It'd be very. <laughs> you you roll a lot of people in and out of that stadium there. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk about this weekend. We got a long holiday weekend, obviously. Yeah. Jeff, tell us a little bit about some of the things that might be on the menu for things to do. A lot of people are in the back to school mode. We've got a back to school carnival tonight from six to eight o'clock at First United Methodist Church. The North American Festival of Wales, this is celebrating the heritage of, of the Welsh um, people. They have a huge conference in Lincoln this week, and we've been instrumental in bringing this conference in. So that will be at the Lincoln Marriott Cornhusker, a fall open house at Tenoyer Garden Center out east of Lincoln, Nebraska Realty's first annual car show, inaugural car show at Nebraska Realty on Highway 2 and 84th, and Sunday's on the Deck Music Series with Orion Walsh at James Arthur Vineyards on Sunday from 12 to 4. We've got a long weekend. Hop over to Lincoln.org for more information and uh, fill your calendar up and get out and enjoy the community and have a great time. All right. Very good. Hey, great to talk to you, Jeff. We'll catch up again soon. Have a good long weekend, all right? 
All right. Take care, guys. I'll go Jeff Mall from Visit Lincoln joining us right now. Hey, I wanted to touch. We've been talking a lot of football, and I will get back to your text. But um, it was kind of a little bit of a, I think, fair to say, scary, very concerning story. Last night around the state, there were several counties that said, 911 service was basically not working in their communities in those county counties that included um Douglas, Sarpy, Washington County as well as several other counties but you can imagine place that's as population dense as Douglas and Sarpy can be what a significant and it's significant in any place where that happens uh we do have an update now that uh, Douglas, Sarpy, and Washington counties reported at 8 a.m. that 911 service there had been restored. Hall and Buffalo County um, going the other direction. They have now said those have been restored. That was about 6 a.m. Friday. But at this point, there's still some question about exactly what happens, which is obviously something that needs to be figured out with this whole thing. When you have got mon- multiple county 911 services down within the single state. Um, I saw there was some speculation that it might have been a fiber optic line that had been cut, but there's been no confirmation about that whole thing. But if you are watching the football game, you might have missed this, is that about 7 o'clock last night, number of counties uh, at that point lost their emergency connection. It was just in the state of Nebraska. It wasn't in bordering states at this point. And the governor's uh, office comes out, puts a statement at that point, basically acknowledging at this point, uh, that that point that it was happening, and not a whole lot more than that either. Um, So uh, the the statement was uh, regional 911 system failures that occurred this evening. This was talking about last night. Across state emergency officials working to address the issue and are in close contact with providers to resolve it. Nebraskans encouraged to monitor local media and their cell phones for alerts and instructions as to alternative messages, excuse me, methods for reaching 911. Please only call 911 if you've got a true emergency. So that was the statement that came out last night. I will point out. Lancaster County, as far as I know, did not ever have any issues. There are a handful of counties that mm-hmm. didn't have any issues whatsoever, but I mean, there were a whole lot that did as well. Um, so it was, yeah, it was a, a crazy situation there and a scary situation, and hopefully everybody was okay. But hopefully, you're going to hear an explanation here fairly soon on exactly what happened with that and how citizens and counties. And first responders can be sure they don't get disconnected mm-hmm. like that once again. And to be very clear, what if if that is the case, if that does happen again, exactly what you should be doing in that scenario if nine one one doesn't work because that's a it's a it's a scary thing. We you know we may take first responders, the you know police, fire, uh, those who work in the first responding medical fields uh, for granted. It, it might come, but boy, when they're not available, you realize real quickly how important, or they're not, you're not able to get a hold of them at least, you realize real quickly just how important they are. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they, like you said, they put out messages that it wasn't working. I, I saw a number of different social media posts about here are numbers as a way to get a hold of emergency services. Right. So it's that, that is one of the things that making sure that communication still gets out to people because if, if an emergency, like, if somebody didn't see those messages yep. and an emergency came up and they're trying to call 911 yesterday and you're not getting through, 
that's already things are already stressful enough if you're in the situation where you're calling it. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Um, I've got a few more messages in from the football game last night. I wanted to give you all an opportunity to sound off on what you saw. You may not have had a chance to listen to the the network coverage of the call in show because I'm going to get. I don't know what time they signed off. They last went until night. about two a.m. Yeah, then what? So you can imagine what that was uh, like. Uh, but some of the messages, additional ones that we've got here. Uh, Brad and Fox Hollow says it's ground. It's the Groundhog Day of misery. We make mistakes. The other team makes miracle plays, and calls never go our way. I watch the same thing over and over. Eventually, like the movie, I hope to wake up and everything will change at some point. Just feeling destroyed right now. Still supporting this program, and that will never change for me. I think that's. It's pretty well said by by Brad. It just it it absolutely feels like Groundhog Day. They. Even though the circumstances in many of these losses have been slightly different, they've been to different teams, they've been to different quality of teams as well, and the script hasn't gone exactly the same, there are a lot of the same general principles and a lot of the same feelings that you get in watching them, where you go from hope to excitement to absolute devastation in a very short period of time, and that's what it was Again, last night, Rick from Wahoo says, same old bullcrap penalties, turnovers, probably lucky to win five game this year, according to Rick from Wahoo. Oh. Uh, Nicole says, really worried about Sims. Ran well, typical Nebraska quarterback, took too many hits. Need to learn to slide. Agree on that. But those INTs make me worry about bad judgment. Poor football IQ. He throws the ball away at the end of the first half. We kick the field goal. We win 13-10. to 10. I hadn't thought of it that way. But that field goal would have been it weighs pretty big. significant. And any points Jeez. going into the half weigh really, really big. Yeah, that especially man. especially considering you get the you had the ball coming out of halftime, and we saw what Ramir Johnson did returning it to the other thirty five, and then the the Osborne call, <laughs> with, yeah. with, with just the, the I heard him say that during his interview. The, so it's the. You you set it up like you're going to run a sweep to the right, pitch it back to the running back. You throw it back to the quarterback, right. but it went off of Stim's or Sims stone hands apparently. Bounces off the turf twice up to him, and then he finds Alex Bullock just all alone in his own zip code in the end zone. Right, yeah. Um, you know, and just talking about Sims and turnovers in the past. Uh, uh, in 2020, the COVID year, he played uh, for Georgia Tech. 257 attempts, 13 interceptions thrown, 13 touchdowns thrown that year. Uh, in 2021, uh, I mean, t- 2021, he had 188 attempts. He threw seven interceptions. I mean, he's halfway there. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, and and just think about that for a second. He's He's halfway there, and he came in where you knew one of his issues had been turnovers. You you knew that was going to be a case, and Matt Rule knew that was going to be the case as well. And the thought was, you know, okay, if he's getting better protection and he's coached better, essentially, that you can kind of work that out of him at right. this point. Where he's on par, he's on pace now. I mean, twenty twenty two Georgia Tech, he had a hundred eight eighty eight attempts, three interceptions. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and, and that was isn't the- that crazy? I mean, we heard so much about the. Uh, they talked on the Big Ten Network about the amount of turnovers that he had had. He must have had a lot of fumbles too, mm-hmm. because that must with, have been with how much he was running. The yeah, ball, I wonder, yeah, I wonder if I have those numbers here, and I don't think I have those numbers with me here. Well, one of the things that we talked a lot about on the tailgate yesterday with with 
both you and I and then uh, Josh Peterson filling in for Mike Schaefer was about the turnover margin and how the Syracuse defense with defensive coordinator Tony White last year got to 18. Yeah. Well, after, and you want to try to have a positive turnover differential. You were saying plus 10. Mm -hmm. Josh and I were saying just be positive. Right. After one game, it's minus three. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're averaging one takeaway a game and one giveaway a quarter. Yeah, yeah that that's a pace that is gonna not gonna get you a lot of wins. That it just it's not gonna get you a lot of wins, and it'll be interesting to see if you see it, how comfortable they feel with it. I mean, I don't think he's getting benched or anything like that. And and also say this about him, I I worried. I can't remember what the name of the texture was, but she had said, look. Um, I'm a little concerned about him running, doesn't slide, and those sorts of things. I agree with that. I agree that it is concern if he's going to run it really frequently that that does become an injury risk for him. But I'll tell you what, he looked he looked pretty good when he was running the ball, better than I even realized in some ways. Uh, he looked faster. He looked stronger. It looked like... Um, he looked like he had a pretty good sense about running the ball. He got around the corner on some people and outran them. Mm-hmm. I was actually impressed. You're listening to LMK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, real quick. Jack Mitchell here for Matt Talbot Kitchen and Outreach. They're teaming up again with volunteers and donors for Huskers Helping the Homeless. This is coming up again. You maybe have heard about it and seen the people out other years. It's coming up the weekend of September 30th. Uh, it's really Matt Talbot, Hunger and Outreaches, or Kitchen and Outreaches, I should say, best defense against hunger and homelessness. 2022 alone, think about this. Matt Talbot provided nearly 180,000 meals through on-site prepared meals, emergency food pantry, and distribution of donated high-quality food. So this event is huge to give them the ability to do that. And they're looking for some people who might be willing to help them out in that effort. There are a couple of ways, actually four ways, that you can be a part of it. You can collect cash donation from fans on game day, donate in the downtown area, the Haymarket, on Saturday the 30th. You'll get a t-shirt you'll get enough sign collection bucket or collect donations at local stores we'll also do one hour shifts from september 28th to september 30th if that's more your speed or you can hold your own facebook fundraiser online or take collections at your own pregame gathering as well if you're interested in any of that check out the website mtko click on the events page and go to huskers helping the homeless and get signed up to help out the effort with Huskers Helping the Homeless for Matt Talbot Kitchen and uh, Matt Talbot uh, Kitchen and Outreach. Sorry, I'm still going on four hours of sleep. Yeah, we're all waking up. Uh, we are told, okay, let's turn on. We're going to go live to Fox News TV right now. John Cook appearing live uh, right now on Big Fox uh, Big Fox News here. Let's take a it's listen to this. It's been a wild couple of days. Uh, we've you know we're on Fox News, so it's just been nonstop. And uh, but it was a, you know, it was an epic night uh, for for volleyball, for women's athletics, uh, for the Husker Nation, and all this happening in Lincoln, Nebraska. It's uh, like I said, it was an epic night. So you guys are going to be in the history books. How? I mean, I, this doesn't happen by accident. How did you guys pull it off? It obviously involved a bit of strategy. 
Well, this all started, uh, we, we held the all-time attendance record for a match, and it was broken last year by Wisconsin, and we didn't have a facility big enough uh, to break their record. Uh, so Trev Alberts, our athletic director, and I were sitting down and, okay, well, I guess, what are we going to do? And, and, and he said, well, let's just do it in Memorial Stadium. And as a volleyball coach, you know, it's an indoor sport. I'm like, well, how are we going to do that? And so we started working on it, and, and uh, next thing you know, you know, we figure out a way to do it, and we put on this event. And our president of the university, Ted Carter, who, who's a former uh, a Top Gun uh, instructor and pilot, uh, said, "Hey, we've done this on aircraft carriers uh, with basketball." We did All right, we unfortunately we got to take uh, take a break in the show. <laughs> I suppose. Uh, we're going to get the sound on that, though, and hopefully play some more of it for you uh, from the newsroom and uh, but like, you any but, but he said at the beginning, how, how big of a deal was it? I don't know. Fox has him on. Yeah. <laughs> That's how exactly. big of a deal it was. So that was, if you just joined us, that was John Cook live on Fox News right now. Uh, all right. That is it for the show. Hey, everybody. Have a good, relaxing weekend. 